What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bleed and BNG podcast, episode 102. And as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. And to give you a timestamp as we do for every episode, today is Sunday, November the 12th. It's about 11.30 p.m. And we're about three to four hours removed from the Washington Commanders losing to the Seattle Seahawks, 29 to 26. And we're going to call this episode Sleepless in Seattle. Shit, we should call this Sleepless in PG because I don't know how I'm going to get some sleep after that game today. As I mentioned, Washington lost 29 to 26 in a heroic effort from our quarterback. Um, I'm not going to say the team, but for our quarterback for sure. So if you guys can remember, last week's episode was titled The Franchise with a Question Mark. We were asking ourselves if Sam Howell was the um, future franchise quarterback for the Washington Commanders because he's been showing us some things in the last couple of games. Well, guess what? He answered all of my questions today. Guys, I, as of November 12, 2023, I am here to say that we finally have ourselves a quarterback. I, I don't know how many times I've been able to say that in my 28 years of fandom. Uh, maybe the one year with RG3. Uh, I'm not sure if I ever got there with Kirk Cousins, but I'm I'm there with Sam Howe. I am there with Sam Howe. Sam Howe's the guy, um, and he's the guy that I want to lead my franchise for years to come. He's shown me enough in his 10 games this season and his 11 starts throughout his career to let me know that he has all the makings of an elite quarterback, no matter if the optics aren't there with his six one six foot frat, uh, stature, no matter if the draft pedigree isn't there with him being drafted in the fifth round. What he's doing on Sundays, what he is doing on the NFL field shows you everything that you need to know about whether this guy is a franchise quarterback or not. So let's get into the game. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of the game because you know you come to bleed and B&G for the most raw, uncut, unfiltered, and just the truth. You come to us for the truth. Ain't that what you come to us for? You come to us to give you the real spill on the game that had taken place today. Uh, so getting to our quarterback, um, Sam Howe was 29 for 42, 312 passing yards, three touchdowns, and one fumble. So he did have one turnover. He did have one fumble where he thought he was fucking John Riggins, where he thought he was fucking Peyton Hillis. I told y'all last week, I told y'all last week, he got a little, he got, he started feeling himself when he ran over a couple of New England Patriots. He started to feel himself. And he had a flashback until last week when he was running over fucking Jalen Mills and shit. And he thought that he can do that thing. He thought he could fucking run his shoulder down and be a fucking fullback again, um, resulting in the one full um, fumble where, Sam, you just got to get down. And I'm going to get to the negative because that was the only negative that I can remember from him having throughout this game because there were so, so many positives um, to go over. As I mentioned, 29 for 42, 312 passing yards, three touchdowns. Well, all of the touchdowns were just Sam doing Sam. Sam... So you, you get some occasions where the scheme was wide open, the guy's wide open, and all you got to do is make a, a, any type of throw, right? You can make any type of throw, but the guy schemed up so open that, you know, it no matter what type of throw that, he, um, that you deliver, it's going to get to that quarterback. Well, guess what? You can't say that for any of Sam's three touchdowns. His first touchdown was blew up in the game, was one of the first couple of plays in the game. He dodged the sack, showing the pocket presence that we've seen him not display over the course of this season. Scramble out to the left using his mobility and move, using his legs and making an off-platform sidearm throw to Brian Robinson on the sideline, who t um, ended up cutting it up, um, resulting in a 51-yard um, passing catch for a touchdown. 
And that's what I said. My favorite thing about Sam Howell and these three touchdowns, what is it exemplified everything that a modern NFL quarterback needs to have. Not only the ability to have mobility, but the ability to make these all-platform, off-schedule throws. And I told you, and if you guys have checked me out in my previous episodes, I told you Sam Howell is amazing when he plays within timing, when he plays within the structure of an offense. But the fact that he's capable of doing these things, making off-schedule throws, making off-platform throws, that shows you all the makings of an elite quarterback. And that's why I think that I'm telling you today on, what, November the 12th that we have an elite quarter or a future potential elite quarterback here in Washington. I want you guys to mince my words because you guys, you know, you hold on to every little word we say over here at Bleed and BG, and I love it. I love it. But y'all, y'all, I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all will make me definitely hear it if I said that Sam Howell was a, a, a franchise quarterback, an elite level quarterback right now. He definitely does have the potential. But we just touched on his first touchdown, but then his second touchdown pass um, to Antonio Gibson, where he had to stand up in the pocket. Like I told you, this is a guy that is all six foot, six one stature. He had to take a, a fucking big ass defensive lineman hitting him in his fucking face. He didn't even have time to make a full follow through on the throw. Um, you know, to um, you know, fully extend and get everything that he wanted on the throw. But he had a lot of touch. He had a lot of uh, a lot of pace on his ball. Um, beating Bobby Wagner with Antonio Gibson running like a, uh, a corner route out of the end zone. If you guys play Madden, that joint looks just like red zone scissors, if you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. He ran that red, Eric B. Enemy ran that red zone scissors concept out of the Madden playbook. If you guys, if you know, you know, all of my Madden players. Um, but Sam, once again, showing all the makings of a potential elite future franchise quarterback in that throw as well. And then the fucking... I, how, what have I been telling you guys? What have I been telling you guys? Sam Howell has a howitzer for arm. That's well documented, and we all know it. And he makes a lot of beautiful deep passes, right? He makes a lot of beautiful deep passes with these, with that fucking special arm talent that he fucking has. Sam Howell has A-minus arm talent. I've been telling y'all that since the beginning of the season, and he's showing it on a more consistent basis now. But I've told you guys that my favorite Sam Howell throws are his throws in between the fucking... In between the numbers when he's throwing them fucking mustard seeds. When he's throwing them fucking balloon missiles. When he's throwing them fucking grenade launchers over the middle. And that was another one um, of those fucking grenade launchers that he had in De'Ami Brown. in the potential game tying touchdown um, with 56 seconds left. Go back and look at that throw. Go back and look at that layered throw. Throwing it over defenders. It looked like it might have been cover two or cover three. Uh, I mean, cover two or cover four, where he's hitting the dig route to Diami, hitting him in stride, and allowing Diami to finish that play in the end zone. Sam Howell is special. Sam a lamb. Sam is him. What is slinging Sammy Sosa? What Chase Young said at the beginning of the year? He that dude. We know he that dude. And get. Now, Sam's that dude. Sam Howell is that fucking dude. And outside of a win today, because I go into every game wanting a win, this isn't the NBA where I want to take, this was the most ideal outcome outside of a win. You get your guys playing, and this is loser talk. I know it is. This is loser talk. But when you're looking at the big picture things and when you take in consideration that, you know, we had the ownership change late and that, you know, a lot of our potential coaching staff changes, front office changes aren't going to happen until 2024 due to the simple fact that Josh Harris didn't buy the team until fucking practically August almost, right? So if you look, step back, 
pull out the take a take a take a big picture lens, look at the lens and things and that. This was the most ideal um, outcome outside of a win because yes, you've answered the question about if you have a potential future quarterback in Washington. You have that, and then you have these guys that are fighting to the end. Uh, and a lot of this was on the coach. A lot of this was a coaching loss. And I'm not saying that the players didn't have a, a, a hand at fault at all. These are the players that still, these are the guys that still on the field. These are the guys still making the plays. These are the guys that, that still aren't, they, they are or they aren't making the plays, right? In some scenarios, they are making the plays. In some scenarios, they aren't making the plays. But a lot of this loss is going to be on coaching. Or a lot of this loss was on coaching, and I'll touch on that later in the episode. But going back to the offense, Brian Robinson fucking snapped today. I don't know if it was Jamal, Jamal Adams, old fucking hype beast ass. Jamal Adams, you're so you're all hype in 2023, bro. You're so fucking wise, bro. And I need you to know that, bro. Talking like it's still 2019. Jamal Adams, you ain't been nice since BC, since before COVID, bro. Out there talking to my man B-Rob. Guess what my man B-Rob did? Explode for over 150 all-purpose yards on your bitch ass. I'm tired of Jamal Adams, bro, because he was never that guy. Glorified linebacker. Glorified linebacker. He got to talking shit to my man Brian Robinson early in the first half. After Brian Robinson fucking torched his entire defense for a 51 yard catch and run. Fucking fool. You fucking fool. But I guess you guys did get the win at the end of the day. So how foolish can you look? But going back to my man Brian Robinson, he had eight rushes for 38 yards. He had six receptions for 119 yards and one touchdown. I told y'all at the beginning of the season, look back at our hot take episode, look back at our training camp episode. I told you guys that this is what Brian Robinson was doing in May, June, July. This is what he was doing at OTAs and mini camp and at training camp. I would love to tell you that I was surprised. I would be I am surprised about his receiving prowess out of the backfield that he's displayed throughout the season, but I'm not. Because when you're boots on the ground like we are, season ticket holders. Giving you guys the most raw, uncut, and unfiltered analysis from our own point of view. Putting our own money into this team. You saw that Brian Robinson was displaying this type of receiving ability in May. In OTAs. Guess what? I told you in my previous episodes. That's why we the best Washington Commander podcast out. Because I told y'all early in the episode, early in the season. I told y'all in the offseason. Fantasy managers. Brian Robinson is going to win you guys a couple of leagues. Especially if it's PPR. And who would have thought that going into the season? We were just talking about fucking Brian Robinson being a PPR demon. Brian Robinson is averaging damn near 15 yards a catch. That's special for a running back. And that's nothing that I would have saw with him coming out of Alabama. That's nothing that I would have saw with him following his rookie year. So to see him unlock that, or to see him and Eric Bieniemy unlock that portion of his game, is beautiful to see. Like I told you, today was the most ideal outcome outside of a win. If you're stepping back and looking at the big picture lens of things. Shit, Antonio Gibson had what? 4 for 13. He was effective in the passing game. I think he had 40 yards receiving. He was effective in the kick return again, uh, kick return game again. Opening up the game with another 30-plus yard return. So there was a lot of positive things to take out of this game. But we're just simply not good enough. And when you have the fucking, and when you're being edged out in coaching week after week, and your team isn't spectacular, this is what happens when you face a, a formidable opponent. A formidable opponent, excuse me. 
This isn't Pop Warner as New England Patriots. I told y'all last week we was facing them great value ass receivers. Well, guess what? Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf damn near went for 100 yards a day. But I'm going to get on that sorry-ass defense. Trust and best of belief. Trust and best and belief. Because as I keep saying, week in and week out, week in and week out, look at our gaming logs, guys. We put up 26 points today. We had games where we put up 31 points. We've had another game where we put up over 30 points. And we lost all of those games. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that we had games where we scored 26 points and 30-plus points and we would be damn near over in them games, I would have told you that you were fucking asinine. Because I thought this defense would have at least been formidable enough to win us a couple of those games. Well, guess what? They're not. And I'm going to touch on them later. Let's get back to this offense, man. The O-line got their ass work today. The duct tape job that Chris Paul and, and Tyler Larson have been doing, guess what? That shit came to a head today. That shit reared its ugly head today. You can only hold this offensive line together with duct tape for so fucking long. The offensive line that Ron Rivera and, and, and company looked at and said, oh, we're good with. Fuck out of here, bruh. Fuck out of here, Ron. I think the most positive outcome of this game. This is the most ideal scenario. Because guess what? We bought out. We lost. Now it's more likely that Ron Rivera isn't here after the next seven games. That's ideal when you step back and look at the big picture lens of things. We've been holding up this offensive line with fucking duct tape for the last couple of weeks. Calling screen passes out the fucking boohoo. Calling screen passes out the fucking ass. And I've seen a lot of people in the Washington Commander community over there on X criticizing Eric Bieniemy for the amount of screen passes, for the lack of creativity. Well, what the fuck do you expect when you had this fucking offensive line? The Seattle Seahawks were getting pressure on screen passes today. Sam was getting smacked in the fucking mouth on every screen pass. You know how fucking fast you got to get back there to, to fucking hit the quarterback in the mouth on every fucking screen pass, bro? On screen passes? You know how fast those D-linemen got to be getting back there? But this is what happens when you got Andrew Riley starting that right tackle. Then he had the fucking flu game today like he fucking Michael Jordan. The opposite of the fucking flu game. Tyler Larson had his worst game in a Washington Commander football team redskin uniform. He got his ass fucking pummeled on one of the sacks that Sam Howell took. And then I remember on another sack that Sam Howell took, Andrew Wiley and Sam Cosby act like they ain't seen a fucking stunt in their lives. Didn't know what the fuck to do, how the fuck to handle a stunt. That looked like the Little League operation. That was some bullshit. And this is my thing. Ron Rivera's been telling you for the last couple of years that we've been building up this roster. We've been building up this roster. All it needed was the quarterback. Well, guess what? You got your quarterback now. And the rest of the roster is what's letting you down. The offensive line. The defense. And we ain't even got to them yet. Matter of fact, let me get to them now. Seattle's fucking secondary had our receivers in fucking hell today. 
And it's Sunday, and I know I shouldn't say that. Seattle secondary had the Washington receivers in hell on a Sunday. Them boys were in a fucking torture chamber all day. Them boys were in a fucking torture chamber all day. You heard me read Sam Howell's stat line? Well, he made chicken salad out of chicken shit with these fucking receivers today. 2023 Jahan Dotson is back. Me and him had the same amount of catches today. Ask me, did I play? I didn't. I fucking didn't. Tyreek Woolen erased the shit out of Jahan Dotson today. And if you listen to our episodes and you're day one bleeding B&G fans, what the fuck have I told y'all about Jahan Dotson? I told you I love Jahan Dotson, even in the 2022 season. I think that he has a tremendous skill set. But he plays weak as fuck. But he plays with no play strength. Tariq Willen was jamming the shit out of him today. Seattle Seahawks foundational defense is they run cover three, right? Everybody knows that the Seattle Seahawks are going to run fucking cover three. Well, guess what? They deviated from that plan like shit in the second half. They was manning up our receivers like fuck, and we couldn't do nothing about it. Our receivers were getting this much separation. And if you're checking us out on audio-only platforms, my thumb and my index finger are fucking next to each other. Right next to each other. There isn't much space in between. My grandmother could have got better separation on fucking the Seattle corners today. And I know what y'all going to say, because some of y'all are fucking complacent. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. They were going against the best cornerback duo in the league. And they, and they just might have been. They very well might have been. That very well may be true. Well, guess what? Terry McLaurin is making $23 million this year. Jahan Dotson was the 16th draft pick in the, 2000, in the first round of the 2022 draft. Curtis Samuel is making $15 million this year. These guys have the draft pedigree and the contracts. For us to be expecting them to dominate, no matter who the fuck the competition is. Y'all make too many excuses for these dudes, bruh. I told y'all before, and y'all have heard this, nobody loves Terry McLaurin more than us. He is not absolved from criticism. Did you know that Terry McLaurin didn't have a 100-yard game on this season at all? Terry McLaurin does not have a 100-yard game at all this season. That ain't all on the quarterback, bruh. That ain't about getting him competent quarterback play. Because Sam Howell's fucking him. Because Sam Howell's fucking him. I remember somebody at the beginning of the year said Terry McLaurin was the fourth best receiver in the division. And I wanted to fight him so bad. I need to find him and apologize to him because he was right as fuck. He was right as shit. A.J. Brown is clearly taking the lead past him. C.D. Lamb is clearly taking the lead past him. And that shit pains the fuck out of me to say. I was about to get in fucking bar fights. Ask Rio Robinson. Ask Rio. I was about to get in fucking bar fights earlier this year in the offseason against fucking Dallas Cowboy fans. Legit bar fights. Ask, ask Rio. I was about to be throwing hands over a Terry McLaurin or CeeDee Lamb debate. 
Now, did I have a couple margaritas? Absolutely. But that shows you how passionate I am about 17. And 17 ain't did shit but made me look dumb as fuck all season. CeeLee Lamb is clearly taking that leap past him. Now, I'm not going to find old buddy and apologize to him because I know him a little bit. Fuck him. But he was right. He was right. <laughs> I... We had nine receivers catch a pass today. Jahan Dyson wasn't one of them. But y'all keep telling me how he about to break out. Y'all keep telling me how how his what? His 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 100 yard game. Who who he have a 100 yard game against? The Eagles? Everybody has a 100 yard game against the Eagles through the air this year. And then his one bomb he catch against the New England Patriots. Did y'all watch the New England Patriots today? They was on national TV. They fucking suck. New England might be the worst team in the NFL right now. I could have went out and caught that bomb from Sam. While I'm down there running into my receiver. Sam practically put it there. Don't tell me how nice Jahan is because of those plays. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And Logan Thomas is cool. What, he had about 50 receiving yards? But he is not dynamic enough for me. Logan Thomas is not dynamic enough for me. And if you follow us on X, I told you guys, I, I'm sick as fuck. And I'm sick as shit for this. But I, I tweeted about 7 o'clock yesterday, Saturday morning, that I woke up one and Brock Bow was on my team. And that was all. Because I know that a dynamic tight end would unlock so much for this offense. But I don't want to get into the draft. I don't want to get into the offseason right now. But I can't wait until these dudes are gone. Because guess what? These dudes entails Ron Rivera, the GM. So he won't be picking these bum-ass players that he's been picking lately. Telling us that the roster's there and all we need is the quarterback. Well, guess what? Your roster let your quarterback down today. That roster that you said was capable enough and was just missing that quarterback, let that quarterback down today. Year four of a rebuild, right? Because it takes four to five years, right? Fuck out of here, bruh. Fuck out of here, bruh. If anybody need me to help, if anybody need me to help pack Ron Rivera bags, let me know. Let me know. I'll be in Virginia quick, fast, and in a hurry. Jack Del Rio, too, while you at it. And we can buy this nigga Benjamin St. Juice a one-way ticket back to Canada because he fucking sucks. Let's get into this defense, dog. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, what the fuck are y'all doing, bruh? What the fuck are y'all? Did they play today? Did Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne play today? Jonathan Allen talking about seven years. He's sick of this shit. Well, I'm sick of watching you, bruh. I'm sick of watching you. Jonathan Allen ain't did shit all season, bruh. Let's keep it a stat. Let's be real with ourselves. And a lot of people, and I'm not even saying that you guys said that Chase and Montez were the, were, were the reason that we weren't good. Y'all weren't saying that. But y'all made it seem like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne was just on their P's and Q's just doing their shit. Somebody let me know when the fuck Jonathan Allen turned into Kendall Reyes, bruh. 
When the fuck did Jonathan Allen turn into Stephen Pyre, bruh? Getting his ass bullied in the run game. If you've been following us, I told y'all last year why the defensive numbers were good for the totality of the season. We couldn't stop the run when we fucking needed to to save our lives. Well, guess what? That reared his ugly head again today. Them bad habits came to bite us in the ass again today. Seattle had 120 rushing yards, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. You got two fucking defensive tackles making $20 million a year. Where the fuck are they? Where the fuck are they? John Allen making over $20 million for production I could get from fucking Barry Cofield, bruh. For production I could get from Stephen Bowen, bruh. Like, what the fuck? I ain't even gonna do Cornelius Griffin like that. That's an insult to Cornelius Griffin. He was actually a dog. Deron Payne got one sack this year. Like, what the fuck? I thought that these dudes were going to have a wake-up call. They were going to go back to their Alabama roots and wake up realizing that, damn, Chase and Montez aren't here anymore. So they were going to step their shit up even more. Well, guess what? Their players fucking regressed. Their players regressed. Then we got Casey Tuol and Jay Smith-Williams out there. They're fucking, they're fucking rotational role players at best. Pass rush is non-existent as fuck. We got one sack today, and John Allen got that bullshit sack damn near close to the line of scrimmage. It wasn't an impactful sack, to say the least. It wasn't an impactful sack, to say the least. John Allen doing all that ranting and raving. Go look at John Allen's pregame speech today. Before the game. Talking about Seattle ain't placed the defense like us. Like they ain't faced the fucking Baltimore Ravens last week. Talking about Seattle ain't faced a defense like y'all. A defense like what? The worst defense in the fucking league? You damn right they ain't faced a defense like y'all. Because guess what? Seattle had their highest offensive output of the season this year against that fucking defense that they ain't faced like y'all. Fuck out of here, bruh. I'm so sick of Jonathan Allen, bruh. Nigga got plats and just lost his fucking mind. Bring back Jonathan Allen. That was, that was the coach's pat with the fucked up hairline, bruh. Nigga got some plats and some Instagram followers and lost his shit. <clears throat> Somebody please let me know what Deron Payne is. I'm still looking for his ass. And everybody keep harping on the linebackers. Guess what? The linebackers are dog shit. The linebackers are dog shit. I keep telling y'all week in and week out, David Mayo being on the NFL roster in 2023 is fucking malpractice. I've been telling y'all that since last year. So it's even worse malpractice now. Jamin Davis has flash plays, but he's stupid as fuck. He can't read and react to save his life. And that's coming from the vice president of the Jamin Davis fan club.
But guess what? Oh, dust up Jack Del Rio. Oh, simple Jack. Oh, dust up Jack. Ain't helping him out either. We had fucking David Mayo and man to man coverage of just Jackson Smith, Nick Jigba today, bro. Do we forget at one point Jackson Smith and Jigba was like a projected top five pick? In what fucking world would you have fucking David Mayo, who's slower than my grandfather, who's dead, who's slower than my late grandfather, checking Jackson Smith and Jigba in man to man coverage, bro? What the fuck? What the fuck, bruh? Going back to them linebackers. Yes, they are ass. But this almighty Alabama wall defensive line be leaving them niggas out to dry like shit. Deron Payne just be hopscotching around gaps, leaving bitches wide the fuck open. Go look at our reaction video last week. Bruh, just be milly rocking like shit through gaps, bruh. Leaving gaps wide the fuck open. And I know we were hard on Chase Young. But I don't want to hear about how Chase Young was freelancing and everybody putting a magnifying glass on that when I see Deron Payne doing the same thing. You can't tell me he being coached to fucking milly rocking hopscotch through gaps, bruh. You can't tell me that he's being coached to do that. Out there cha-cha sliding through gaps and shit. Leaving gaping ass hoses. I told y'all, Benjamin St. Juice, he can take that one-way flight back to Canada and stay there. He's ass. He's ass. He's ass. He plays with no technique. None of our corners do outside of Kendall Fuller. What the fuck? We lost Chris Harris Jr. as our de Chris Harris as our defensive back coach last year, and we brought in whoever, and they just lost everything. What the fuck do they be doing in them DB meeting rooms throughout the week? None of them play with technique. Benjamin St. Juice, a 6'3 corner that plays 5'9. Benjamin St. Juice got some of the longest arms in the league for the NFL cornerback position, and I ain't seen him play press man not once this year. What the fuck is the point of being 6'3", and you playing off every play, and your hips not like that, and your feet not like that? You bound to get cooked every play like you do. Attention to detail. You 6'3", bruh. Your quarterback just... Your, your, your first-year quarterback just tied up the game, bringing you guys back in the game you ain't had no business to be in. Why the fuck are you outside shading DK Metcalf, allowing all in-breaking routes, allowing him just to get in fucking field goal range like it was fucking nothing? That shit was on easy. That shit is on rookie-like shit playing against Benjamin St. Juice. Doing all these dumbass celebrations. I don't want to hear about all them fucking pass deflections he got. Everybody picking up on them dumbass celebrations, too. You see DK was trolling the shit out of him. Cooking his ass. DK Metcalf has one hip, bruh. We didn't even know if he was going to play today. But he had his second highest output of the season against your bum ass.
Like, what's the point of you being 6'3"? You playing off and you playing outside leverage. DK Metcalf, who's not a route technician, like, why are you not playing him outside leverage, using that defender as, as uh, uh, using uh, the boundary as a defender, and forcing him to beat you with, with footwork, with routes? DK, DK Metcalf ain't no route technician. He run about three routes, a go, a dig, and a post. And you was just giving all that shit up. Because you don't know what the fuck is going on. Y'all don't watch film. The shit is evident. The shit is evident. We let Geno Smith get back right today. They was ready to write Geno off again. He wrote our ass back though. He wrote our sorry asses back. Bro, we let Geno Smith had 370 yards a day. And I'm talking about how amazing Sam Howell's performance is. Rightfully so. Geno had an even better day against this sorry-ass defense. Sleepy Ron back at the helm. That porous-ass clock management. Letting 10 seconds go off on the game-time drive. Luckily, Sam Howell has a potential of an elite quarterback because you know what elite quarterbacks do? They mass fuck-ups. Like Ron Rivera's clock management. Like Antonio Gibson's dumbass not getting outside, uh, out of bounds on two occasions. But we finally have a quarterback that's able to mask some of this roster's fuck-up. But this roster is so fucked up, he can't mask all of it. He can't mask all of it. So at four and six, the most game, most wins you can get is eleven. We know that shit ain't happening. And it doesn't look like we have any more too many more meaningful games to be played this season. Before Thanksgiving, a Washington tradition. Ain't no Mickey Mouse November win streak in us this year. Thank God though. Because if Ron was able to get one again this year, and that was that allowed him to be able to coach this team next year, I don't know what the fuck I would have did. Y'all might not have seen me do this fucking podcast. And last but not least, NFL, stop fucking us, bruh. The NFL pimps us out week in and week out. That Emmanuel Forbes ejection was fucking bullshit. So I guess it's Emmanuel Foles for the Tyler Rockets, a fucking midget, and he was already fucking falling, right? God damn, I miss real football. God damn, I miss real football. Make football great again. Bring real football back again. And who the fuck in NFL is watching the fucking Washington Commander game so fucking intently? I ain't seen NFL making many calls in a fucking game as they do in Washington Commander games. And I watch every game. NFL got the fucking binoculars on watching our shit. Fuck them too. But y'all hate Josh Harris too? Y'all told me y'all hated Dan Snyder before, and I understood it. So guess what? 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 Y'all hate Josh Harris now too? Huh? Let me know. Why the fuck y'all keep screwing this weekend and week out? That'll do it for this episode of the Bleeding Me and G podcast, man. 
Like I said at the beginning of this episode, be sure to comment, be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. If you're checking us out on audio-only platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rate and be sure to leave a review. That's how we finesse these algorithms to make sure that Bleed b and is the number one content hub that pulls up on that search bar whenever you search anything Washington Commanders. Um, like I said, guys, our 1,000 subscriber giveaway, be sure to be one of our um, first 10 subscribers to sign up to be a, uh, a member, a part of the Bleeding BNG Mafia. That's the only way that you'll be el- eligible to go to a Washington Commanders home game on our behalf. I'm looking, to, I'm looking to send you guys to a game for free. I want to do that. It's the holiday season. I'm looking to give back out the goodness of my heart. But I'm looking to give one of my day one faithful and one of my supporters a good time as well. So go ahead, hit that membership button, sign up for the memberships. Um, the reaction video coming out tomorrow. Um, I think I might drop some more content um, this week as well. I might do a little film study because Sam Howell showed me a lot today. might do some film study on the franchise, Sam Howell. But that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll check in on you guys later.